God are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you, for my whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. Well, good morning, Orchard Church. Take out your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Psalms. Psalm 63, verse 1 is where we will begin today. Hope everyone had a wonderful and happy uh, Thanksgiving. We actually had a Thanksgiving surprise here at Orchard Church on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I don't know how many of you saw this. We put it on Facebook Live, or if you noticed driving by our property, uh, they officially broke ground on our new building, officially on Wednesday. Okay. Let me say that again. I don't think you guys quite understood. This has been a two-year process, a lot of work, a lot of prayers. We have officially broken ground on our new property. Woo! Very exciting. It wasn't supposed to happen until tomorrow, uh, but I got a call. They said it's, they're going, it's happening. They went out there, they started moving dirt. So before you leave today, drive by. You can see they put the superintendent um, office out there. They've, they've uh, graded the property. You can kind of see the layout of it, and they're starting to dig the infiltration pond and all the drainage. So uh, be praying as they do the site work and things like that as we roll right into our building permit. But very, very exciting. We stepped out on faith about a month ago, had a ceremonial groundbreaking, not knowing for sure when we would actually be be able to break ground with our uh, general contractor, and God has honored our step of faith and answered our prayers. And so, one more thing to be thankful for this Thanksgiving, amen? And so, exciting news. So uh, today, as we are approaching Christmas, we are now officially in the Christmas season. We're past Thanksgiving, uh, where we're going to be celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm super excited, because today we're kicking off a brand new four-week series called Come to Worship that's going to lead us right up to Christmas. I'm basing this on the gospel of Matthew, and in Matthew chapter 2, we have the story of the wise man, and it says this, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have, say it together, church, we have come to worship him. Okay, that was like three of you. I said, come on, church. We have come to what? Worship Him. That's, the, that's our series, Come to Worship. We're going to talk about this uh, during this Christmas season, these four weeks. What does it mean to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ uh, this Christmas season? What's interesting in this story about the wise men, when they come to Jesus, they're not coming to get something from Him. They're coming to bring something to Him. They're bringing gifts to Him. They're bringing worship to Him. You know, it's interesting in, I think, Western Christianity that we sometimes approach God only when we want something. And we, we, it's like God is a, uh, a genie in a bottle that we rub on the bottle and he comes out and says, you know, my, your wish is my command or that God's some cosmic sugar daddy and that if we live just right, you know, he's got to answer our prayers. You know, if we pray just right and do our devotions and, you know, with our coffee and take a picture and put it on Instagram so people know we're doing our devotions... You know, and when we're driving, if somebody cuts us off, we don't give them the tall finger, and we have an orchard church sticker on our car, then God's got to answer our request. And let me just say this, if you have an orchard sticker on your car, which you should, please be careful how you drive, and don't use the tall finger, that would be uh, really bad. But the truth is this, God is not here for us. 
We are here for him. God's not here for us. He, he didn't need us. We're here for him. We're here to worship him. And the wise men, when they came, it wasn't to get something from God. It was to bring something to God. And my goal these next four weeks as we get ready for this Christmas season is that we would become better worshipers of our God, our creator, the one who is deserving of all honor and glory and praise. Because worship is not an event that we attend. It's who we are. It's who God made us to be and created us to be, to be worshipers of our God. So over these next four weeks, we're going to talk about four ways to come to worship, four ways to worship God that come from the scripture. We're going to use these four symbols. Today, we're going to talk about worshiping the Lord by lifting our hands. What's that all about? What does that mean? We're going to talk about that today. Next, we're going to talk about worshiping the Lord by bringing our gifts. Just like the wise men, they came and they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We bring our lives. We bring our service to the Lord. We'll talk about that next week. The third week, we're going to talk about worshiping the Lord by pouring out our hearts to him, because that's what he ultimately wants. He wants our heart, because all of our decisions come from our heart. And then finally, we are going to talk about bowing our knee and worship to our God. So today, we're going to talk about worshiping the Lord by lifting our hands in worship. Maybe some of you are like, okay, yeah, I already saw some people do that this morning. I really don't understand that. I don't know why people do that. Who came up with that? Was that some church? Was that some pastor? Or is that a biblical thing? And I, and I understand. If that seems a little strange to you, a, a little weird, I get it. I understand. I grew up in church, but I grew up in a church where we did not raise our hands when you worship. Anybody like that? You with me? Okay. You, you can raise your hands right now. It's okay. All right. <laughs> You know, we, we didn't do that. As a matter of fact, they discouraged it because they said, you know, if you raise your hand in worship, that means you're like this church and we don't believe the same things they believe. And so it was like discouraged. And so the, I remember the first time I went to a worship service and people were raising their hands and worship to God. I thought that was a little strange. That's a little weird. You know, is that real? Is that genuine? It's kind of like when you see somebody making out in public for the first time. You're like, is it okay for me to see that and watch that? I mean, I know it's real and it's genuine, but it's a little freaky. You know, it's a little, are y'all with me? Okay, listen, I'm going to have fun with or without you guys today, so you might as well join in, all right? I know we have a lot of friends, family members in for Thanksgiving. At Orchard Church, we believe church should be fun, and it's okay to laugh in church, okay? And so maybe, you know, you see that, and you're like, it's a little weird, and some people are like that with raising of hands in worship. You know, it seems real, it seems genuine what they're doing, but that's a little weird to me. That's a little strange. Am I supposed to be seeing that, watching that? Because the church I grew up in, you, the only time you raised your hand is if you had a question or you needed to go to the bathroom, you know, and you're in Sunday school class and you said, you know, can I, can I be dismissed? So what's this, what's this all about, raising our hands? I, I love the way uh, one of my favorite comedians, Tim Hawkins, describes this. And you all know who Tim Hawkins is. If you don't, you need to check him out. And Tim Hawkins talks about, you know, raising your hands in worship. And if you're new to church and you just start doing this, he names the different ways. He said, you know, you can kind of start out slow in your worship, raising your hands. You start out, this is called hold the TV worship. You know, you just start out, hands to your side, you know, you just kind of to yourself, hold it. And then you, you get, you know, in the spirit, you raise, then big screen. You go to the big screen worship, you know, from TV to, to big screen. And then, you, then you've got hold the baby worship. 
worship, you know, right here, you know, you're holding the baby. And then, you know, if you really get excited, you know, you do the uh, Simba, you know, Lion King worship. You reach out here. Come on, work with me, folks. You know, and then, and then when you're really in the spirit, you, you raise it up and you, Jesus is number one worship. You do this. Give Jesus a high five. Press it out. You know, get, give him a high five. Ladies like the uh, beauty pageant worship. You know, they do this. Yes. Sometimes it works into wash the windows worship. You wa- wash the windows worship. And, and then when those that really get in the spirit, they volleyball worship. Yes. Volleyball worship. Volleyball worship. And then when you get really in the spirit and get really excited about worshiping God, you do the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. Yeah. Come on, y'all. I worked hard on those. Oh, I, I forgot one. My favorite one. The single lady worship. Left hand, single lady, showing, showing that she is available. The single lady worship. <laughs> But in all seriousness, why should we lift our hands in worship? Why should I lift my hands in worship? I want to give you three reasons from the scripture today. You have some notes there on the back of your newsletter. I hope you'll take some notes and write these three ways down as we talk about coming this Christmas to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus. Why should I lift my hands in worship? The first reason is this. Scripture instructs it. Scripture instructs it. This is not something that a church came up with or a pastor came up with or some person. This is something that God instructs. He doesn't suggest, but he commands in Scripture. Look at it with me in Psalm 63, beginning in verse 1. This is the psalmist David. Now, I want to give you the background and context of this psalm. When he wrote this psalm, it was during a difficult time of his life. He was going through a trial. He was going through a challenge. He was in the wilderness. He was running from Saul. I mean, this was a difficult time of his life when he wrote this psalm of worship to his God. And here's what he said. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly do what? I search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. You ever felt like that? Man, I need God like I've never needed him before. I mean, I thirst for him. I long for him. I'm looking for him. I'm crying out to him. As we enter this Christmas season, You know, we sing songs like, it's the most wonderful time of the year. But for some people, it's the most difficult time of the year. Christmas season is the great magnifier, isn't it? It makes the good things really great, and it makes the difficult things even more difficult. And that's that's where David is. As he's crying out in worship to God, he's saying, I need you, God. Verse 2, I've seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and your glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I, say it together, church, how I praise you. Even though I'm going through trials and tribulations and difficulty, I praise you. I worship you. How does he worship? He says in verse 4, I will praise you as long as I live. Say it together, church. Lifting up my hands to you in prayer as an act of worship. He says, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to praise you by lifting up my hands. Even though in David's life the circumstances were not good, he said God is still good and he's still deserving of worship. Amen, church? He's still deserving of our worship. I, I remember the first time, because as I told you, I grew up in a church where we didn't raise our hands. Some of you didn't grow up in church at all, and so this is like a foreign thing to you. It may seem strange. It may seem weird. And I remember the first time I raised my hands and worshiped to God. It was after about six-year period of my life that I had been running from God. Grew up in a Christian home, was called into full-time ministry in junior high school. I was in the seventh grade, got into high school, turned 16, got a job, got a car, uh, got a girlfriend, got out of church. 
And for about the next six years, I ran from God. I wasn't following the Lord. I had a friend of mine that I grew up in church with invite me to go to church. I went to church with them. And man, God just convicted me. You know, it's time to do what I've called you to do. You, ha- you haven't been following me. You haven't been trusting me. Things were not going well in my life because I wasn't in the center of God's will and plan for my life. And I surrendered to God and I, and I, I thank God for giving me a second chance. And I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I was in this worship service and nobody else was even raising their hand. And I just, I felt like the spirit of God was just, just come over me and realizing that God had given me a second chance on life and ministry and to follow him. And I just couldn't help but respond in worship. And my hands just went up in surrender, in worship, in victory, in thanks. Because when you truly experience God's presence in your life, you can't help but respond. You're going to respond somehow in worship. And one of the ways we can respond is lifting our hands in worship. Lifting our hands in worship to to our God. Uh, The Apostle Paul was writing to young Timothy who was pastoring a church in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 8. And he's giving instructions about the worship service. And listen to what he says. Very interesting. Paul said to Timothy, in every place of worship. Would that include us today? Is this a place of worship? He didn't say in some or most places. He said in every place of worship. Every means every. In every place of worship, Paul said, I want, say it church, men. I want men to pray with holy hands, what? Lifted up to God. Now, sometimes in the scripture, when you read the word men, it's referring to mankind, men and women. But in this passage, it's specifically talking about men, masculine. It's talking about men. And he says, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. Why does he specifically say the men need to raise their hands in worship? Well, I've noticed this in over 25 years of full-time vocational ministry. It seems that so often men are the last ones to be willing to raise their hands in worship. I don't know if it's because of pride or it feels awkward or they think it's a chick thing. You know, only the ladies do that. But Paul says in this passage, men, we need to lead the way in our worship by lifting our hands to our God and our creator. Scripture instructs it. It's it's an outpouring of worship. I would challenge you men in this way. Listen, men, you be the spiritual leaders of your home, of this community, of this church. Men, don't you ever let your wife and kids out-worship you. That's my challenge to you. Don't let them out worship you. Let's be men who say, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to worship our creator. I'm going to be an example to my wife. I'm going to be an example to my kids. I'm going to be an example to my church. A few weeks ago, we had our annual men's retreat here at Orchard Church. We went up to the mountains, took almost 100 men. And one of my favorite parts, other than the shooting range, was this part. When we would come together and we would have a time of worship, and talking about God's word. And during that worship, a hundred men are just singing at the top of their lungs in worship to God. You know, wives aren't there, kids aren't there. It's just uninhibited worship and praise. And many of the men were raising their hands. I am just thankful that the Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. It doesn't say sing perfectly on pitch in tune, okay? Because it was a little bit of noise. But it was beautiful. It was amazing as men were just pouring out their hearts and lifting their hands and worship to God. Why should I lift my hands? First of all, because Scripture instructs it. Second reason why I believe that we should lift our hands and worship to God. Not only does Scripture instruct it, but I believe I should lift my hands and worship because God loves it. I believe God loves it when we reach up our hands and worship to him. James chapter 4 verse 8 says this, Come close to God and God will come close to you. When you come close to God, 
He'll come close to you. And lifting and raising your hands is an outward expression of, God, I'm trying to reach you. I'm trying to touch you. I'm trying to get as close to you as I can because when we come close to God, he comes close to us. Let me illustrate it this way that I think you can identify with. And I, I want you to bear with me, especially the ladies. One of our values here at Orchard Church is we keep it real. And I'm going to keep it real, and I'm going to be completely honest, and I'm going to make a confession. Ladies, don't hate me. Don't throw stuff at me after church. But i got to tell you, here's a confession. I, as your pastor, don't love babies. Now, when I say babies, I'm talking about like infants, newborns, you know, like somebody comes to church, they just had a brand new, you know, week or two week old baby. And they're like, Pastor Doug, do you want to hold a baby? I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Now, my wife, totally opposite. I mean, if a baby's within five miles, she's like, baby, we hold a baby. And she'll say, you know, oh, isn't it precious? Isn't it cute? Now, I've learned as a pastor to pretend Oh, yes, a baby. How cute. I'm just not a big fan of babies, of infants. I'm just keeping it real. I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I mean, when they're newborn infant babies, I mean, their heads are all flopping around. Their eyes are crossed. I'm like, are they on crack? What is going on with them? You know? Now, I don't, so I'm sorry. I just, I will, I will pretend, I will act like I do, but I really don't, okay? I'm just keeping it real. Men, can you identify? Anybody, any men with me on this? Do not leave me hanging. Come on now. All right? I'm like, y'all, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to them later. Now, I don't love infants. I don't love babies. I, I mean, even my own, when they were born, when they were infants of babies, I, I loved them because they were my kids, but I didn't really like them that much until they got a little older. But I'm not crazy about babies, but I am crazy about toddlers, I like toddlers. You know, when they can start to sit up and they can smile and they can roll a ball back to you and laugh, I like that. When they respond, I remember the first time, I remember this, I see it in my mind, when I came home, our son, Caleb, was about three months old, something like that, and I came home and he was in his crib, I looked over to check on him and he sat up and he smiled at me and he reached up to me. Oh, man, I loved that. I remember the first time my daughter, Caitlin, she was learning to walk, you know, and she's holding onto the table and doing this thing, you know, and then she did the Frankenstein. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know, the <laughs> Frankenstein walk, you know, and then she comes up to daddy and she goes, dad, dad. Oh, now I like that. I love that when she reaches up her hands to me, because here's the thing. No loving father would ever reject the outstretched arms of their child. Are y'all following me? Are y'all with me? You see where this is going? And I believe this with all my heart. When we lift up our hands to our father, our daddy, our God, when we lift our hands to him, he lowers his heart to us. Because we're his children. We're his kids. I believe he loves it when we reach out to him in that way. Psalm 141, you're, you're there in Psalm uh, 63, just flip over there with me, we'll also put it on the screen. Psalm 141, verse 1 says this, O Lord, I'm calling to you, please hurry. You ever feel like that in your life? Man, I'm, I, I need God big time right now. It's like a child calling out to his daddy. He says, oh Lord, I'm calling to you, please hurry. Listen when I cry to you for help. Accept my prayer as incense offered to you and my, say it church, up raised hands. I'm going to do this till you guys get this right. If it takes all day, we'll just go into third service. All right? Accept my prayer. This is what you, this is, we were talking about this, our leadership after the first service. You guys are still in turkey coma. 
and you need to come out of it, okay? The turkey, the food is over, and you guys are just not awake today. Verse 2, except my prayer is incense offered to you, say it, church, and my upraised hands as an evening offering. When we raise our hands and worship to God, it's an offering of praise. It's one of the ways we offer him praise is through uplifted hands. And I'm going to tell you right now what's going to happen in a few moments so you can get prepared. We're going to give you an opportunity to do this today. An opportunity to worship the Lord with upraised hands because scripture instructs it. And I hope men will lead the way without hesitation. We're going to raise our hands and lift our hands because not only does Scripture instruct it, but God loves it as we reach out to our Heavenly Father with our hands and He reaches His heart down to us because when we come near to God, He comes near to us. And I believe that to be true. Here's the third reason. Why do I lift my hands in worship? Not only because Scripture instructs it and because God loves it, but because battles require it. We lift our hands and worship to God because battles require it. I think many of us would agree that life is not a playground, it's a battlefield. Some of you can identify right now, you feel like, man, I'm in the middle of of a battle. Life is difficult, life is tough. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, we are in a spiritual warfare all around us every day, whether we realize it or not, for good and evil. We wake up every day in the middle of a spiritual warfare. We're in a battle. And, And one of my favorite stories is in the book of Exodus, chapter 17. We're going to look at it in just a moment. Let me set the context for you before we put it on the screen. Moses is going to lead the children of Israel to fight against their arch enemies, the Amalekites, that worship false gods. And he's going to send his commander-in-chief of the armies named Joshua to fight the Amalekites. And Moses says, so Joshua, here's what's going to happen. You're going to take the children of Israel. You're going to fight the Amalekites down in the valley. I'm going to go up with Aaron and her. I'm going to take two guys with me. We're going to go on the top of the hill. And while you're fighting the battle, we're going to be worshiping our God and our creator. And we're going to be asking for his strength and his help today. Because we cannot defeat these enemies in this battle without God's help. And I'm going to lift up my hands to God as this battle is happening. And that, watch what happens in Exodus chapter 17. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. And as long as Moses, what church, held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. They were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were what? They were winning. He said, as long as I had my hands up in worship and praise to God, the children of God, the people of God were winning, but when my hands were down, losing. Work with me, church. What is this? Winning. What is this? Tying. Okay? Don't, don't be in the middle, all right? This is winning. And some of you can relate to this. You need to hear this in your life right now. You're going through a battle. You're going through something difficult, something challenging. And you're trying to fight the battle alone. You're trying to fight it on your own without God's help, without God's strength. And you just need to throw up your hands and worship and surrender to your God and say, God, I give up. I need you. I need your help. I need your strength. I'm claiming your word that says you will never leave me. You will never forsake me. When I am weak, you are strong. Your strength is made perfect in my weakness. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. God, I need your help to win in the battles of life. We can celebrate that. We can praise God for that. One person wanted to. That's what we're talking about. And then it goes on and says this. In Exodus 17, verse 12, when Moses' hands grew tired, because he was trying to do this all day, this was a long battle, they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat down on it. And then Aaron and Hur did what? Held his hands up. 
Because up is what? Winning. Down is losing. So they said, we're going to help keep your hands up so we win this battle. Aaron and Hur held up his, hand, his hands, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. They won the battle as Moses kept his hands up in worship and surrender and praise to God. And don't miss the lesson here. Notice he took Aaron and Hur, two of his buddies, so that when he got tired, they would hold his hands up. There's no reason for any of us to go through the Christian life alone, without help, without encouragement, without the body of Christ, without the family of God. This is why we have a church. The church is not something we attend. It's, some, it's a family we belong to. We're here for each other. God doesn't intend for there to be Lone Ranger Christians out there trying to face the battles of life alone. This is why we come to church. This is why we encourage you to get into a small group where people know you and you know them and they can pray for you, they can encourage you, they can strengthen you by name. I know our church is big. You're not gonna know everyone in this church family, but you can know someone. And someone can know you and they can come alongside of you and lift up your hands in the dark hours of life and the struggles and the trials to say, I'm here, I'm praying for you, I'm encouraging you, let's worship God together. That's what discipleship is all about. A man discipling another man, a lady discipling another lady, holding up your hands with the word of God, helping you grow in your, your faith and your Christian walk so that we can win the battles of life. You say, well, I'm new to Orchard Church. I'm not even sure where to start. You know, three services, there's a lot of people. We started a class uh, in the last year called Starting Point. You want to know where to start? Starting Point. What a great name for the class. It's the first Sunday of every month during the second service. It's, it happens next week. Some of you need to sign up today. Even if you don't sign up, just show up for the class. You don't even have to sign up. Just show up during that, that 9.50 service, and that's where you can start. We can talk, talk about how help you get into a small group, get into discipleship, get into serving, where it's a great place to meet other people and get connected. Because here's the thing. We all need an Aaron and her in our life to face the battles of life. Amen? You don't have to go through life alone. Have those people in your life. Another thing we started here at Orchard Church that I love, one of my favorite ministries, Celebrate Recovery. It meets every Monday night. It's for people struggling with battles of hurts, habits, and hangups. People come alongside of you. They encourage you. They pray for you. They worship together to hold our hands up together so we can win. So we can win. Because battles require uplifted hands and people to help us keep our hands up. Why do I lift my hands? Because Scripture instructs it. It doesn't suggest it, it commands it. God loves it, our Heavenly Father loves it. And third, battles require it. I wanna answer this question before we have a time to worship and respond to this. What, what do lifted hands symbolize? There's a universal symbol, two universal symbols of upraised hands. No matter where you go in the world, these are two universal symbols. No matter what language you speak, it's recognized around the world. The first one, I think you would agree, is this. It's a sign of victory. You see any kind of sporting event or something great happens and somebody's excited about something, a victory, what do they do? Yes! Woo! They raise their hands in victory. I promise you, there's going to be a ton of worshiping happening in Denver, Colorado tonight as we're throwing down on the Chiefs in victory. There's going to be some, woo, yeah, 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 high-fiving going on. But listen, listen, 
And I'm going to be right there with you. I'm a Bronco fan. I'm going to be cheering. Yes, yes, high-fiving, all that stuff. We had better not out-worship the Bronco or out-worship God with the Broncos tonight. If we can get excited and give high-fives and raise our hand about air in a leather ball, we certainly better get excited about our God, our Lord, our Savior, our Creator, our Redeemer. Come on, y'all. Come on. Just keeping it real. So you think about how you worship the Broncos. How does that compare to your worship to God? It's a universal sign of victory. This guy right here, he's having no trouble worshiping at the Broncos game. Hands up. I mean, is is he at a church service or football game? It's a universal sign of victory. Would you agree? Say yes. Here's what the other universal sign of upraised hands is. Surrender. Somebody holds a gun to you. What are you going to do? Hands up. Surrender. It's a sign of surrender. It's a sign of surrender, and it's a universal sign of victory. Now, don't miss this, Orchard Church. Listen to me. Do not miss this. This, is, this was, all the rest was set up for this. In the presence of God, when we raise our hands, it means both simultaneously. Because when you surrender to God, you find victory in God. When you surrender to Him, you find victory in Him. Amen? It means both at the same time. God, I'm surrendered to you. God, I find victory in you. And and we have carved out a little bit of time right now to respond in worship. We don't want to just be hearers of God's word. We want to be doers of God's word. I'm going to give you an opportunity, some of you for the first time, to lift your hands in worship to our God and our creator. This is not the end of the service, okay? It's not the time to go get your kids or, you know, go get ready for the ball game. We've locked the doors, okay? You can't leave. This is a time, this is part of the message as we get to lift our hands and worship and praise to our great God. And I know some of you, you maybe you're here today, I get it, you're not even a Christian. You're like, I'm only here because I'm here for Thanksgiving and I came with my family driving here and we're so glad you're here, amen? But you know what? Just sing along with this. Well, I don't even know if I believe what I'm singing. You sing songs you don't believe all the time. You're driving in your car, Taylor Swift, shake it off, shake it, you know? I mean, come on. Give it a try. See what God might do. Because when we come close to God, He comes close to us. And as believers in Jesus Christ, which is many of you, most of you, why should I lift my hands? Why should you lift your hands? Because Scripture instructs it. God loves it. And battles require it. So I'm going to ask you to stand right now. Let's stand together as we lift up holy hands in surrender and victory and an offering of praise to our God. Just give the Lord praise right now. Just give Him praise. Just remain standing for a moment with your heads bowed and attitude of prayer. How many of you as believers in Jesus Christ this morning would say, you know what, this Christmas season, I really want to grow in the area of my worship. I don't want it to just be something I do. I want it to be who I am and what I was created to be. I want to grow through this series. I want to come to worship Jesus Christ this Christmas. That's my heart's desire. Can I pray for you? Would you slip up hands all across this auditorium? Amen. Amen. God bless you. You Put them down. You can put them down. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, you know what, I, I... Boy, you were talking to me when you were talking about battles. 
I'm going through a battle right now. I'm going through a struggle. And I need to lift my hands and surrender and help to my God. I need his help. I need his strength. How many of you right now, I can pray for you. You'd say, I'm going through a battle. I'm going through a difficulty. And I need God's help. Would you lift up your hands right now for prayer? God bless you. Hands everywhere. Let me pray for all of us. Father, I pray that we would, through this Christmas season, remember the reason for the season is you. It's Jesus. That we would follow the example of the wise men that didn't come to get something from you, but came to give something to you. And what you want more than anything else is our worship. And not just with our lips, but with our hearts, with our hands, with our knees, with our lives. May we bring you the worship this Christmas that you are deserving of, that that belongs to you. Why you made us and you created us. Lord, I pray for all those who are going through battles and trials and difficulties in their life right now. I pray that they would follow the example of Moses that went up on the hill and lifted up hands and said, God, we surrender you. We need your help. We can't do this without you. We need your supernatural strength. And I pray that for all those people that are going through trials and difficulties and battles right now, that the battle would be won not in our strength, but in supernatural strength. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So continue in an attitude of prayer right now with heads bowed and eyes closed. You may be here today, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in just a moment for a different reason. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in surrender to Jesus for the first time to say, you know what, I'm giving my life to him. I'm tired of trying to do life on my own and figure out things on my own. It's not working. My marriage is struggling. My relationship with my kids is struggling. My finances are struggling. My health is struggling. My job is struggling. Whatever it is. And God may have allowed some of those things to happen to let us realize we cannot do life without him we can't we need him and for some of you today will be the first time that you'll say yes to Jesus yes Jesus I don't just believe about you I believe in you I believe that you sent your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross 2,000 years ago to pay for my sins that separated me from a relationship with you and I want my sins forgiven I want to know you not just about you I want to know you I want you to be my Lord I want you to be my Savior and it's time for some of you you know who you are the Spirit of God is working in your life right now it's time for you to say yes to Jesus the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved saved from what? saved from our sin saved from us messing up our lives on our own Saved so we can have a relationship with our Creator. And so the way we call on the Lord is through a simple prayer. And I want to give some of you an opportunity to pray a prayer from your heart to God's right now where you stand this Sunday morning. It's not a magic prayer, magic words, but if it comes from your heart, you can invite Jesus into your life today. And some of you, you know that God is saying, it's time to make that decision. It's time to say yes. If that's you, you know who you are. Would you pray this prayer with me right now? It goes like this. Jesus, I call on you today. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my Heavenly Father. Forgive me of my sins. I want to know you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, for pursuing me. Now may I pursue you. 
I'm reaching up to you today. I'm saying yes to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. So we continue an attitude of prayer. Nobody looking around but myself for just a moment. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I never want to do that. But I'd love the privilege and honor to pray for you. If you just prayed that prayer from your heart to God and you truly meant it, that's the greatest decision you'll ever make in all eternity. And I would love the privilege and honor to pray for you that you would grow in your walk and relationship with Jesus from this day forward. So right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking, but without hesitation, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I want to pray for you. Would you slip up your hand right now all across this auditorium? Leave them up. Leave them up. Nice and high. God bless you. One, two, three people over here. God bless you. One, two, right here. God bless you. One, two, three, four, up at the top left. God bless you in the middle. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven down here. God bless you up here in the top. God bless you over here. Hey, can we praise God at Orchard Church? Welcome them into the family of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We worship. We, we praise you. We thank you for all those that put their faith and trust in you today and said yes to you. We pray that they would grow in their walk and relationship with you from this day forward. And as believers in Jesus Christ, as your sons and daughters, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as the family of God, may we truly learn over these next four weeks what it means to come and worship you, our good God, our great God, our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, our Creator. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. And it's worth celebrating one more time. Amen. 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 You can be seated for just a moment. Go ahead and be seated. We're not dismissing just yet. We're close. Um, Very important. If you just raised your hand and said, I prayed that prayer of faith, I invited Jesus into my life, that is the most important decision you could ever make. We take that very seriously here at Orchard Church. We want to pray for you by name. We want to send you a free book in the mail that will help you in your new journey with Christ. So if you raised your hand, please, on that connection card, give us your name, your mailing address so we can send the book. Check the box, I accepted Christ, or if you rededicated your life, let us know that. Drop in the offering bucket. We'll receive our gifts in just a moment so we can pray for you and send you that book in the mail. If you're a first-time guest and we we have many guests today, some uh, friends, family members from out of town for the holidays, some people checking out Orchard Church for the first time. Thanks for being our guest at Orchard Church. Um, hopefully you fill out that guest connection card. You can drop that in the offering bucket in just a moment. We receive our gifts. We're not interested in your money at all today, first time guests, but we're definitely interested in getting to know you. I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to send you a thank you note in the mail and a free gift from our church, just thanking you for being our guest today. Um, did you guys enjoy the first week of Come to Worship? I know I enjoyed it. I was looking forward to this. Um, Every week is, is, just gets better. So next week, make sure you come back um, as we talk about uh, bringing our gifts, our lives, our service to the Lord who's given everything to us. And don't come alone. I told you a couple of weeks ago, during the Christmas season, uh, more people will come to church during the next four weeks than any time of the year. Let's take advantage of this opportunity. Our mission here at Orchard Church is to help people find and follow Jesus. 85% of your friends, coworkers, neighbors that you invite to come to church will say yes if you just invite them. So take some invite cards, invite them to come um, and be a part of this series with us over the next uh, uh, four weeks together as we learn how to worship Jesus this Christmas. Uh, Right now, we are going to worship the Lord in another way by giving our gifts um, to Him, our tithes and our offerings, because here at Orchard Church, uh, we're a church that values acting our wage by giving first, saving second, and then learning to live on the rest. So right now, we worship Him uh, in our our gifts, and we're also going to check out what else is going on around here at Orchard Church, so don't go anywhere. Uh, Check this out. Have a wonderful day, and I love you guys.